0: All right. Thank the Lord Jesus. It's good to hear that uh, many of us there as you all are traveling upon the highways upon your summer missionary journey. We hope and pray that uh, good things are going to happen so that uh, when you all return you guys can bring back and share with us a glorious testimony of what God has done. Amen. It was good to hear Reverend Calvin on the line. Thank the Lord Jesus for that brother. Thank you Lord. Thank the Lord. All right, amen. Well this is a very exciting text that we're coming from coming from Acts chapter three and our and our golden text coming from verse number six and it says here Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Thank you, Lord. If if I can get a volunteer that can read verses, let me see, let me see like, verses one to verse number six. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Thank you, sis. Thank the Lord. Amen. In the very first verse, it says, Now Peter and John went up together in the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And I want to just draw attention. Leaders praying, leaders going to the house of prayer to pray. You know, I believe that if we can get most of the leaders to be in serious prayer with God, there will be a true transformation that would happen even over this nation. If leaders would take the opportunity and go into prayer and talk with God that is so serious that it seems like before they go into the house of prayer to have church, it seems like they went ahead and had church outside of the church doors. And it says here, they went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And the ninth hour, we know back in those days, it would start at 6 a.m. in the morning and going up to 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and then 3 p.m. So this is about 3 p.m., nine hours from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. was the ninth hour, and they took that time to pray. And just by going from experience, you know, some of us, we've been in the military and been stationed in that area. And I know myself being stationed uh station in turkey and then going into uh going to saudi arabia these people took prayer seriously and uh in the center of the town there would be a tall tower and there would be speakers on it and during those times of prayer 6 and 9 12 and 3 p.m they would have a summoning of prayer and it's just like the whole city would stop and people would go and they would take out their prayer rugs, even right there during construction, when they were building a one portion of the embassy, when it came time to pray, those guys, everything stopped, took their prayer rugs out and they fell on their knees and begin to pray. And when I saw that, I saw how serious those guys took prayer that they don't care what time of day it is, what they were doing, they know that talking to God is mostly important. And what they did was when they took that time to pray, it was as if there was so quietness and peace during that. I think they took about maybe like 15 to 20 minutes to pray. And uh, I know one time from experience being over there, me and a couple of guys, we were helping some people relocate from one location. To a, to another apartment complex. And as we were helping them, it was during this time of prayer. And me and my brother being Christians, knowing, amen, that these guys take prayer seriously seriously over there. We heard the horn and then we heard the speaker. And they were, and it was some guys calling people to prayer. And during that time, myself and this other brother, we had a sofa in our hands going up the steps in this apartment complex. And then we told the rest of the people that we were helping, uh, I'm sorry, but the sofa, we're going to sit it right here on the stairs. Me and my brother, we got to go and pray. (laughs) And you should see the looks on their faces. And sure enough, of course, we didn't leave. We just put the sofa down and then we begin to pray Psalm 91. And as we did that, we let the people know that we're helping, that prayer is serious. And as we finished praying, we said, okay, now we can get ready to move all your stuff into this new location. Now we can properly pray over your apartment. (laughs) But it was a wonderful setting to know that going to God in prayer, no matter what time of day it is, when it's time to summon and have everyone to come together, when leaders go together in prayer, you can expect that there is spiritual transformation that will happen. Then it says in verse number two, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now, when I look at this, you can almost see that this lame man, being lame, being born into that condition, could do nothing for himself, couldn't move by himself couldn't do things by himself, needed all the help and assistance that he can get. And the one thing that the people did, they made sure that he was at the church gate every day. And their main reason was so that he can ask for alms, you know, asking for a change of money that people can have right before they go into the church. And when you're placed in that position, it seems like um, that That Lord, people are placed there because they know that we are going to talk to God and have spiritual worship. And so they might want to take advantage of that moment and ask the people before they go and have church could they spare a little change that would help me just for that moment? And the little spare change that my man could have could only go but so far. So he's at the temple asking for alms. And in, and in other versions, it says he was begging for little, uh, just sort of change of money that would help him along the way. And as we see here in verse number three, who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple and ask an alms. So now it seems like before you're going to have church, let's have church outside of the front gates before things happen. And it seems like, um, you know, many times I can know over- speak for myself. I know many times when I go to church, I kind of see this one brother. He was walking, and and one time it was really uh, it was a winter day, and uh, I'm about to go into RBC, and sure enough, there will be this one person walking up the uh, walking up the expressway, heading heading into work. And so I got this big Lincoln and God is saying, why not stop and pull over and, and give this person a ride? So I gave the stopped over. I put the window down and I said, hey, sir, where is it that you're going? And He says, I'm heading to work right up the street. I said, sir, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to give you a ride. Come on in. So as he got into the car. I begin to have a conversation with him. And I said, man, you are really serious on going to work on this cold day, walking on the access road to get to work. And he says, in his situation, he didn't have a car, so he had to leave like 45 minutes early from his house, from the apartment complex, walking up the access road to get to work. And you can almost see how God kind of articulate the whole thing from beginning to end. He left 45 minutes early to get to the access road. I left 15 minutes early to get to the access road to get to church. And lo and behold, God put this person in my view with this big car, six seats empty. (laughs) And so God says, use this car to take this person to work. And as I took him in the car, my first conversation was, you know, man, you are serious about work. He said, yes, I am. And so he looked at me. and He saw me all dressed up. He says, you must be going to church. I said, yes, sir, I am going to church. So I began to ask him, so how has the Lord been blessing you today? And he said, well, the Lord's been blessing me pretty good. So we get to the stoplight. And I said, well, man, I see that your work is 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 about a few yards up the street. I tell you what, let me let me just pray for you. May you have a good, wonderful day. So I took the liberty of beginning to pray for the brother, pulled up in the parking lot, let him off. And I forgot the brother. I, yeah, the brother's name was Nathan. That's what it was. And, uh, and guess what? And as he left, he said, man, God bless you and may you have a wonderful church service. And then, okay, dropped him off and then I went to RBC and knowing that God put that person in my path at a time when I'm going to church reminds me of these two brothers going to the house of prayer and before they went to have church they went ahead and experienced church to a person outside the gate now we being representatives ambassadors for Christ wherever God send us amen there's going to be opportunities for us to be a witness to that person. And when you take the time to minister to a person, bring church to them, they can see that, man, there's some hope in this life. Things are happening all around the world, and you are heading the church, really minding your own business, and God's going to put this person in your path to minister to them. And in doing so, you could just drop a seed of hope in that person's life. And that, man, I may not ever see you again, but let me just do my part on this Sunday service, amen, and bless you with God's blessings. So I'm on my way to church. Now I get the RBC, and now we begin to have church. And then verse number four says, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, and said, look on us. Now, it's almost as if Peter and John is gaining this person's attention. Say, I want you to look on us. And as if that Peter and John are going to minister to this person, but then verse number five says, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. So you can almost see God is setting the stage. I'm gonna put two disciples in the lame man's path. And he says, Peter and John says, look upon us. Let me get your physical attention. And the man expecting to receive nothing but alms, as we begin to see here, he receives something entirely different. But look at the words, amen, that Peter says in verse number six. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now Peter is letting this person know, I don't have wealth and money to give you. Now knowing that this person is being carried there day after day, receiving nothing but alms, And Peter and John are going to tell him up front, I don't have money or wealth to put in your cup. (laughs) Now, you can sense that that may be a little tinge of discouragement of the lame man. But he says, man, y'all going in the church, I'm expecting at least maybe a penny or a nickel or a dime or something. And you're going to tell me you don't have nothing to give in my cup. But then Peter says, amen, he says, but such as I have, give I to thee. He says, I got something that you need that goes beyond what money can't buy. And what I'm about to impart unto you is going to be transformational change in your life. Now, what I like about it is that even though Peter and John didn't have money to give him, they were still able to do something. I heard this one preacher preach on the same topic, and he had mentioned that if you got money that can answer your trouble, you really don't have any trouble. Because money is your answer. And whenever there's trouble, you can always reach to your financial resource to get you out of that trouble. But in this particular situation, Peter and John didn't have no money on them. They're going their way in the church. And he's going to tell this man who's purposely placed there to receive a quarter, a dime or a nickel, something, and you don't have it to give. But he says, "But but let me tell you something. I'm about to give you something that goes beyond money. And the first thing he says, he says, but such as I have, give I to thee. I have the authority of Jesus Christ to give you to meet your physical need. This is a physical healing that's gonna take place. Last week, it was a spiritual healing that took place. When Jesus delivered that man from them demonic legions of spirits that was in him, that was a spiritual healing. Today, this is a physical healing. And Peter and John, they're going to impart a man, such as I have, give I to thee. Now, I begin to ask the question how does Peter and John have it? Do they only have it when they go to church? Do they have it, amen, when they're in the marketplace? Do they have it when they're going about, amen, doing things, taking care of home, taking care of their family? How do you have it? Well, let me demonstrate it unto you how I have it. And they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he commanded the man to rise up and walk. And when he does this, amen, you can see in verse number seven, something took place in the man. When he said, at the name of Jesus, it got his spiritual attention. So even though Jesus is not physically there, we are ambassadors for Christ as a representative of Jesus. I'm going to pray for you right now. And when he prays over him, he says here, I'm going to command you to rise up and walk. And what happened was the man received a physical healing in his body that took place over his life for 40 years. And God is going to give you the opportunity to impart a physical healing upon the man's life. And when you do so, amen, I want you to do it in the name of Jesus Christ, to let the man know it's not in the name of Peter, not in the name of Paul, not in the name of John. It's only in the name of Jesus that I perform this miracle over your life, that when it's all over, God, through Jesus Christ, better get the glory. It is unto him who is able to make all things happen to this man. And it is to him that we give God all the glory. There is a time in scripture, amen, in which, a matter of fact, I'm reading in Luke chapter 17, when Jesus began to heal 10 lepers. And as Jesus began to heal the 10 lepers. It says that only one person came back to give thanks to Jesus. And Jesus began to ask the man, where is the other nine? Did they too not receive healing? And the man can only testify and says, I don't know where they are, but I am here to give thanks unto you, Lord Jesus, for giving me health and strength and healing me from leopard disease. Now look what happens at verse number 7. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Hmm. When I begin to read that amen, I mean Hebrews 4 chapter uh, chapter 4 verse 12 comes into mind amen. That God's word is quick and is powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, even piercing to the dividing us under, that it can divide soul and spirit. It can also divide joint and the marrow in the bone. And his word is also a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So when you speak God's word, God's word speaks into the element where the person needs help, You're not talking about gossip or what other people say. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're speaking faith into this person's life. And in demonstrating, amen, the miracle work and power in God's word, it says here that Peter took him by the hand and lifted him up. And in doing so, amen, He demonstrated that the power of God through the word of God, he received power and strength in his anchor joints, in his joints, in his bones, and he began to rise up. Now, when you receive something that you were not expecting, and it was something better than what you asked for, you can't help but to give God praise. That, Lord, I'm going to take this time to celebrate the name of the Lord Jesus. And then look at verse number eight. Hallelujah. Leaping up and stood and walked and entered with them into where? Into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. That this man has got something to rejoice about. After 40 years of being lame, 40 years being carried, you mean to tell me I can walk on my own two feet? Now, look what happened. You can almost see what was going through the person's mind, amen. He did not go about leaving the church. He walked with Peter and John into the church. What other place, a man would I rather be to give God praise is in the house of God. Knowing that I have got something to rejoice about. And when I'm rejoicing about it, listen, I don't care what anybody else got to say about it. What God didn't do for you, he did for me. I was in a desperate situation, clinging on life. Have to be carried everywhere I go. And you mean to tell me I begin, I can walk on my own two feet? You mean to tell me now I can take care of my own self? You mean I can walk from place to place and let people know, look at the miracle what Jesus did for me? Now, what really got me, amen, is what took place <clears throat> in verse number nine. Look what it says. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which was stacked for arms. <coughs> excuse me. At the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were what? Filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. That listen. He didn't have to say nothing when he went into the church. It don't say he spoke any word whatsoever from his mouth. Just the countenance of the joy of the Lord all over that person, walking and leaping and stood up and going into the house of prayer. People seeing that this man should not be walking on his own. He should be carried into the church. But listen, he walked by himself into the church. And the people were filled with wonder and amazement. It's as if the testimony they can see already is almost as if they're going into a testimony service without a word being spoken. He didn't have to say not one word, but look on him. Just as he looked on Peter and John, he was now saying, look at me now. Look what God has done. And what made it so, I mean, ironic is that he was at the right place at the right time to receive the right blessing, amen, in order for the people to be filled with wonder and amazement. So he was a direct blessing But you are the residual of the after effects of what took place. And look at the glory of God all over his life. I mean, you can almost imagine almost a person coming out of the wheelchair in church service, being prayed over, and he's walking up and down the aisles, giving praise unto glory unto God. Now, here's what I like about it. He did not go back in front of the church begging for alms anymore because there was no need now. (laughs) So brother, that was a temporal occupation. Now you got a godly occupation to see, amen, what God has done in your life. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now go tell it, go show it, go spread the good news. You got reason, amen, to rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. And look at verse number 11. And it says, and as the lame man which was healed, Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch. That is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel. Why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness, we had made this man to walk. It is not us. It is the spirit of God through us in which we are able to do miracles and wonders in the name of Jesus. And now we may not perform a miracle like that every single day. But I tell you what, just bring in the light of the Lord Jesus in an area to which they need the Lord Jesus, just your presence alone can be transformational. When they can see the glory of God on you, just as they saw witness upon the lame man, the same thing can have an effect. That when you go about witnessing, guess what? That person can be filled with hope to say, man, I got a chance, amen, that I can do better in life. Looking at you and see what God has done in your life, God can do the same for me. So what God, amen, has done through your life, when it says speak about the gospel, we only speak about the goodness of the Lord Jesus and what he has done in your life. You speak of the testimony and testify the goodness of the Lord. And here's what makes it so good. Not one scripture was mentioned. Hallelujah. You are the book. Hallelujah. Even David said, Lord, thy word that I hide in my heart. Now, when I hide God's word in my heart, he says, now I'm going to bring you to certain issues, to certain opportunities to reveal God's word. And you don't have to say, well, you know, John 3.16 says, just quote John 3.16. Hallelujah. You be the point of reference. Quote Acts, amen. Quote, amen, the Romans Road. Now, all of us have come short of the glory of God, you know? But Jesus Christ, through grace, he saved us, amen, and renewed us. And guess what? That appointed time was not by accident, hallelujah. Whenever you go about and an opportunity opens up for you to speak of the goodness of God in your life, that was a divine appointment set up by God in advance waiting for you to take opportunity. I'm hearing many of you, amen, some of you had family reunions. And some of you are making trips visiting your loved ones in other states. And I guarantee you, God is going to open up a door and a window of opportunity for you to share the goodness of God in your life, letting other family members know that there is hope for you as well. And so now, Peter and John making this dis- a clear distinction. It is not me, myself, and I. Because when I include God in the equation, now it becomes we, us, and our. <laughs> it's me and God through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the authority of God's word. So those guys going to have church, man, let's have church outside the church. So when I get into the church, amen, you can really see, amen, the power of God being demonstrated. Now, listen, um, when there's intercessory prayer, I know one thing, amen, that, that some of us, we don't get the news of. What happens after we pray? Very seldom the people come back and say, man, that prayer that you prayed for me, it was answered. But you can see right here, people are praying at the ninth hour in the church. And some of them may have been praying for the man outside of the gate. And guess what? The answer to your prayer is the evidence that your prayer was answered. So you got an answered prayer on the spot and guess what it probably encouraged those intercessors to continue to pray pray for more people that's being lame and sick that even though Jesus is not physically here i come in the name of Jesus because we can also say such as i have give i unto thee you know i can remember the early days amen back in in rbc when um when the deacons and the ministers, we would go visit the sick and shut-in. And there were many times, amen, we would visit um, our brothers and sisters that were in the hospital. And there was a couple of times, amen, that some wanted to take communion in the hospital bed. And so I think it was myself and, uh, and Reverend Henry, we went up to the hospital and we visited, I forgot who it was, and the person wanted to take communion. And as we're giving communion, he's sharing a hospital room with another person, in, and another person is sitting across from him. And so we're ministering unto him, praying over him, having songs and hymns and spiritual songs, and then we begin to serve communion, and then we had a close out in prayer. And the person sitting or laying in the bed across in the same room, they said, could you all come and pray for me too? <laughs> They said, my church don't do that. (laughs) So guess what? As we're directly ministering to the brother, we are indirectly ministering to another person in the hospital bed needing prayer. So guess what me and Hebron Henry did, amen? We just turned to the other side of the room with our Bibles in our hand. And we came over, amen, and then we're going to have a dialogue conversation. And you know, Reverend Henry, he liked to use scope. We learned that in evangelism, S is a secular conversation. C, you talk about church. O, you talk about our church. P, you talk about the, your personal testimony. And E, the two eternal or diagnostic questions. And I learned that from Reverend Henry. And guess what? When we talk about the goodness of the Lord Jesus of the testimony of what God done in our life, he said, oh my gosh, I need Jesus in my life too. And I'm going, wait a minute, Reverend Henry, we just came to pray over our brother. Now we gotta make more time and pray over him too. And Reverend Henry says, this is the reason why we came. It wasn't so much for our brother on the on, in the hospital room on the other side. It was really to minister to him. So we prayed over the person. The person started, you know, weeping, had tears coming down their eyes, and Reverend Henry took him by his right hand and began to pray. I had my hand over Reverend Henry's back, and we began to pray and intercede for the brother. And I'm telling you, the person received the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we left, amen, guess what dialogue took place between the brother that we came for to serve communion and the person who gave their life to Christ. The focus was on Jesus, hallelujah. It wasn't on their pain and on their suffering. And and, and let me ring the bell to get the nurse in here. Uh, I need to go to the bathroom. It was none of that. The conversation was Jesus Christ. The atmosphere was filled with his presence. So guess what happens when the nurse walks in there? Hallelujah. She witnessed it, amen. The entire atmosphere has been changed. (laughs) The man across in the other hospital room rejoicing in the Lord. The brother on the other hospital room from RBC is in agreement, and they're both giving thanks. Now, guess who also is being filled? Hallelujah. The nurse is taking place. Amen. She's being touched by it. And God opened up the door of opportunity to speak to one man from RBC who wanted to have served communion on his hospital bed. And others were filled with wonder and amazement. And we begin to let the people know. It's not me, myself, and I. It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth that we are able, amen, to do this service. And let me read on here. I see that my time is running up. Amen. Verse number 13, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and Jacob, Peter says, and the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer be granted unto you and killed the Prince of life whom God had raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Hallelujah. Peter and John are witnesses. What does it say in Acts 1-8? That's the agenda of the church. And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye should be what? Witnesses unto him, both in Samaria and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. So now, amen, Peter is letting them know, even though you denied Christ, I'm going to use this ministering moment to minister Christ unto you. Then he says in verse number 16, and his name through faith in his name had made this man strong, whom ye see and know the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. This didn't happen like behind the scenes. This happened right at front of the church doors. And guess what? There could have been others on their way to the church and they took witness and saw exactly what happened. Coming to the church for prayer. Coming to see this man that needs prayer. I could see before they got to the doors, man, you got some change on you. I might as well put some money in this man's cup. But what did he do? They took witness as to what happened at the gate called beautiful and prayed over this man. And when you pray, you're praying in the name of Jesus. And guess what? I don't know if Peter and John even knew that this was going to happen. But God knew it was going to happen. And God was letting them know once you give me this opportunity, God says, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit so you can impart physical health unto this person and bless that man. Because if you put change in his cup, the change is only going to last just for that day. But guess what? But well, guess what's going to happen tomorrow? Somebody's going to have to carry him again, put him back there at the gate and repeat the same old thing, and no change has happened. But let me do something, amen, miraculously in your life in the name of Jesus. And he rises up and walks, and guess what? When people see him, he don't have to testify. (laughs) The testimony is written all over him. And as you read on in the book of Acts, amen, Others, amen, celebrated, and others they were not pleased, <laughs> because the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is going higher than the name of Caesar. So when you do something good, there's going to be obstacles to where people ain't going to be rejoicing with you all the time. But guess what? The man can't help but testify the goodness of the Lord Jesus. So what is my aim, there, Minister Nedrick? I hear all of that and I see here, the aim is to teach us that God gives us opportunity to serve and supply power to take advantage of. So what's the application? The application is to remind us of God's power and and to encourage them to seize the opportunity to serve others and be a witness unto Jesus Christ. And in that, I'm going to close out in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O God, for your awesome demonstration of the power of your word, that we too, O God, has just received this message unto us, teaching us, O God, to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, O God, let us walk now in newness of life, Knowing that we have this power, we have this authority. Let us now exercise, oh God, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we orchestrate, oh God, your word to demonstrate that Jesus Christ is still alive and well in us. So we thank you, oh God, in advance, what you are going to do. This we ask in the name of Jesus, our Christ, and all of God's people said, Amen, Amen. hallelujah.